You are listening to episode number six of Chit Chat with a Therapist. This is Chit Chat with a Therapist, the podcast where clinicians are supported and encouraged to create a private practice that they can be proud of. And now, here is your host, therapist, coach, and future BFF, Melissa Da Silva. Hello, and thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Chit Chat with a Therapist. I am so grateful for all of you who listen and watch and download everything that we do here at Chit Chat with a Therapist. And if you want a little bit more of everything that I know about, uh, make sure you head over to theprofitableprivatepractice.com because that is where you can get my new book and you can pre-order it to make sure you get your hands on it the moment it comes out in November. So if you pre-order, the thing about that is you get a little extra perk with it and there's different levels. And one of the levels includes a three-day trip in Puerto Rico. And this is something that I truly believe can take your practice to the next level. So if you want to be at that level, make sure you head over there and sign up for that November 1st because there's only five slots and you want to make sure that you get one of those spots as soon as possible. So today on our episode, we're going to be speaking with Erica Fulber, and she is in Colorado. And in this episode, we really dive deep into what she does with clients and eating disorders. So if you don't know much about this area, this is a great episode to listen to because you're definitely going to walk away with more information about how to help clients or somebody that you may know who might be struggling with some eating disorders. So hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did, and I'll talk to you on the other side. Good morning. You made it. It is Friday. Oh, such a great day of the week. So if you have not signed up for the mastermind that starts this Sunday at seven o'clock PM Eastern Standard Time, make sure you sign up for that mastermind. Because if you are serious about making your private practice a practice that you can be proud of, you need to join this mastermind. It's a great price. It's a definite, wonderful value for the price. So right now it's $250. You get eight-week sessions of coaching with Melissa, myself, and the other members of the group. So we only have room for 10 people, so make sure that you get on there. So today we have Chit Chat with a Therapist with Erica Holber. I think I may have said that wrong, but we can get how to really say it once she jumps on here. So let's have her come on and say hello to my Auntie Donna, best auntie in the world. So also, if you are looking for some coaching, I'm available for that. I've been chatting with people on the Facebook page, which is a private practice made easy. And um, if I see that there's anybody that could benefit maybe for a one-on-one chit chat, I'll send you a message saying you want to jump on the line and we can kind of talk about what's uh, getting, getting you down. I really love the Facebook group. I really put a lot of time and love into the group. So if you are a therapist or a practitioner, make sure you join that Facebook group. And that is called a private practice made easy. Also, I want to let you know that I'm going to be doing a follow-up video for the group on a private practice made easy. And 
I'm going to be reviewing a book. So if you are in that group, you will get access to that video in a little bit. So we're just waiting for Erica to pop on here. Let's see. So there's been so many years that I've spent a lot of money on a bunch of different books. This collection behind me. Hey, there's Erica. (laughs) There we go. Sorry about that. That's all right. It usually happens. (laughs) Oh, man. So Erica, how do we pronounce your last name? Paul Haber. Oh, I was way off. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. (laughs) So thank you for joining us today. So sorry that we're later than usual. I appreciate your flexibility. So Erica, where are you from? So my practice is in Lakewood, Colorado. I work predominantly with eating disorders and trauma, and I do EMDR. And my ages range from 14 on up. Okay. So how long have you been in private practice? So my practice has been up and running for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And before that, I was part of a treatment center. So doing some partial hospitalization treatment for eating disorders. And then I was also part of a group practice. And so from there, I decided that I wanted to launch my own practice. And was that difficult to kind of take that leap? You know, I think, yeah, it was definitely a leap of faith. And so being able to say, you know what? I'm in this great spot right now. I think I'm ready and just really banking on the fact of using my faith to really put that into full swing. And it's taken some time. So I wish I could get on here and just say, you know, it was a breeze and anybody Mm -hmm. can do that. I think you just really have to be persistent with what you want out of life and what you want out of your business practice, really. Mm -hmm. And so what is it that you knew you wanted from your practice? From my practice, I knew that I really wanted flexibility. I knew that I wanted an opportunity also to employ my own techniques to therapy. So when you're in a group practice, um, you have some of that flexibility and same with treatment centers, you know, you can include your skill set. However, you're kind of at the mercy of whoever you're working for. So they have a vision for their practice, which that's great. That's why they're doing it too. But for me, what I really wanted was being able to say, here's who I am as a person and here's how I can be as your therapist. And so what got you into the eating disorder world? What was it that made you choose that area expertise? Sure. So I've struggled with my own story. And so I don't get into too many details with that, just as far as triggering content. And I don't want to do a how-to manual. But for me, I had my own personal struggle. And with trauma, same thing. I've had multiple little T's, as we like to call them, and big T traumas in my life. And so being able to work through those in order to better serve that population, you know, I joke around about having more of the experiential piece and I'd rather the book piece. However, (laughs) I feel like that's also made me a better therapist. I'm able to literally sit in both the eating disorder piece and the trauma piece and say, I, I literally get how you feel and recovery is possible. Nice. And I like to say that, you know, we're all fucked up in one way. It's just different levels of recovery. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's owning it and being like, you know what, that's a badge of honor. Like I did this and I'm resilient and I am, you know, I'm just, I'm a living proof of you can do this too. It sucks and it's hard, but you Mm -hmm. can do this. Yeah. And so what is like one piece of advice for other clinicians who may not specialize in this area that they probably should know about working with individuals who may be struggling with eating issues. So with eating disorders, um, it's a big piece to, to not have that individual own the eating disorder. So really separating out the illness, you know, eating disorders are 
basically if you do parts work, it's a good way to integrate that too, separating out as far as it's not just about the food. There's so much more that I think that's such a terrible stereotype that out, that's out there mm-hmm. that, you know, if you just eat more or you eat less or you, you know, fill in the blank having to do primarily with food, that's not how eating disorders work. There's mm-hmm. a bio, um, biological piece. There's a sociological piece. You know, there's the genetic piece. There's the environment piece. All these working pieces. And so to the clinicians that haven't worked with eating disorders, I'm willing to bet that at least 90% of your clients have had some type of struggle with with food in mm-hmm. some way. And not just the food piece again, though, is using it as a way to deal with what's going on in their life. So really a coping skill. So I love it when I hear people say like, oh, I haven't come across that. And I would encourage them to dig deeper. You know, what mm-hmm. has it been like when you've been really stressed out or really upset? You know, what what's your go-to's? And so being able to take it from that perspective. And have you seen an increase in eating disorder cases as you've been going along in your private practice? Yes. So my practice is predominantly, I would say 98% eating disorders. My other two are victims comp cases and trauma related. I am starting to see an influx with the new year because people seem to think that, hey, you could be somebody that's going to help me with my new year's resolution. And that is not what I do. I'm trying to pull you out of those New Year's resolutions to say, you know, you are great as you are right now. And we're going to just be working on some of these things that, you know, the eating disorder helped you in in a time, but now it's no longer useful. So being able to detract from these New Year's resolutions that are, I mean, blowing up news feeds right now. I'm sure you've seen them too, you know, hop on this juice cleanse, hop on this New Year's group hop on this 20 pounds in the new year. And it's like, no, no, no. Like you're furthering my, my clientele, which while I'm grateful that I have people to work with, I'm really sad that I have people that I need to be working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you said that, you know, you don't want to be a how to manual, which reminds me of like back in the day when I was in high school, they showed us the Tracy gold movie. Yeah. Yes. It was just like, Wow. And it was kind of like, okay, this is how you do it. Right. right? So how do we teach kids? Like, this is not the path you want to go down yet. Also teach them like healthier ways to do it, but be able to identify like maybe your friend is struggling. Right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good thing to talk about because I had done a talk a little while back for middle school and it was predominantly seventh graders. And I had to be very mindful of my talk too, because I wanted to give enough information, but not enough information to where they're like, "Hmm, that sounds kind of interesting. And it's, it's interesting because kiddos, even in middle school, they know a lot more than we think. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, even these movies that are coming out on Netflix to the bone, there's pieces in that, that I'm grateful that they're showing what treatment can look like, but there's also kind of how to slipped in there. And so being able to really sit down with your kiddo and say, you know, food is not an enemy. Food is not a moral, you know, a good or a bad. It is food. And what is food for? And really talking them, talking to them about what it's for and really having more mindful practices at your dinner table. You know, let's talk about your food tonight. Like, where did that come from? Do you like it? What do you not like about it? Allowing them some choice in it too, as far as like, I want to help out with dinner tonight and having a new level of respect for food. Nice. 
And do you talk about how friends can help other friends when they think that they might be struggling? Yes. So I encourage, like I said, the youngest client I have right now is 14. And so even in that middle school talk, you know, we talked about NIDA, which is the National Eating Disorder Association, and they have a hotline that they can do and reach out, you know, if they have questions or concerns about if their friends are are really engaging in eating disorder behaviors. I kind of pinpoint a, a couple of things to be looking for. And so while it's not pointing out some of these things as far as like, oh, I see Sally and she's looking at food differently or she's not eating her lunch. Like, let's take them out of that situation and say, you know, Sally, like, I want to talk to you alone. I'm really concerned. I'm seeing that, you know, you're not going to school dances anymore, or I'm seeing that, you know, when you are in the cafeteria, you seem really upset during lunchtime. Do you need help? And putting it out that way. So Mm -hmm. not pointing out, you know, you need to be eating your lunch, Sally, or something to that effect, because that's actually more shaming. And mm-hmm. so that furthers the eating disorder because the eating disorder is getting the attention then. And yeah. that's not something that we want to further either. So drawing that fine line and, you know, as kiddos get older, they're able to kind of curtail some of those things and finesse their approach. But being able to have that openness and just say, you know, even if this were you, how would you want to be approached if you were really struggling? And then allowing them to kind of have that, that thought process. Nice. Now, is there a book that maybe other therapists could benefit from reading? Do you have like your book you recommend? Yeah. So there's a few. Carolyn Costin is really good about just putting some basic manuals out there about, you know, what it looks like if your child's struggling with an eating disorder. And it's like the seven keys to eating disorder recovery. That's always a go-to that I tell parents about. There's also books about, and I can put that in the comments if you want, There's also, I encourage family-based therapy, which is the approach is called Modsley, and I can put that in the comments Mm -hmm. too, but getting the parents buy-in is really, it's a hard thing. I can say out of the children that I've seen, a lot of them don't want to be in it because they feel like the child is the issue. And while that's my identified patient, usually Mm -hmm. it's actually the family unit because something else is going on in the family. So Carolyn Costin, like I said, and then books on Maudsley approach. And I'll kind of rack my brain to see if there's any others I can add in the comments. But those are some good starting points. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Erica, for sharing your with us today. And being Absolutely. so flexible with me and my, sure. my crazy schedule. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I get it. It's Friday, too. So we're all just trying to yeah. catch up on notes and all that fun stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we'll have to have you back again soon. But put your website or any information under the video. So if people have more questions, you know, they can ask you. Absolutely. I can do that. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. So I know you must have learned something new in that episode. I know that I absolutely did. If you haven't done so already and you're not a member, make sure you join my Facebook community, A Profitable Private Practice. That is where you have a community of other mental health therapists and other healers who are there to help you out with any questions that you may have or just give you some support on those days where you're feeling alone and you need a little extra love. We're there for you. That's the place you need to be. So make sure that you hop over there and ask to join so that I can add you to our community. So until next time, keep being amazing and keep inspiring others. Bye-bye for now.